Good afternoon, Rodi Nation. Marks Remarks is back for another week. It's Mark Radigan here. And this week, trying to find a new guest with a new perspective. Someone that we haven't talked to or looking through a different lens, so to speak. So this week, I'm bringing in a close friend of mine. It's Connor Calden, a photographer for Go Rodi, a photographer for URI Athletics. Covers a number of different sports here at URI. Connor, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Ah, it's, it's my pleasure. I've been trying to get more staffers and more people from behind the scenes of URI Athletics involved on the show to just share their experiences. And you were one of the first people I thought of because you really can't go on to the URI Athletics Instagram page without seeing some of your work. So, well, just to kind of get right into it, I'm curious... What were some of the steps that you took, or actually even before that, was doing photography at this level something you always wanted to do? No. No. I came into URI as a business major, and then I took a class my junior year of high school for photography, and I did, like, mostly landscape stuff, like taking pictures of trees and mountains. <laughs> Being from New Hampshire, there's lots of those. And then after that, uh, my final project for that class I did some pictures of the varsity baseball team and then I really started to like sports with my camera that was older than me at the time that was tough the camera that was older than me was tough but uh from there I got into URI I was gonna I was actually gonna try to play club baseball instead of do this and then I got they sent an email in like August that was like hey URI athletic marketing we're looking for Game day ops, videographers, photographers. I was like, you know what? I'll send, I'll send an email. That'd be fun working there. I'd just gotten a new camera at that point. And then from there, I oh, – that's the funny part is, is I almost missed my interview for that. Oh, really? Yeah, I was driving back from work, and I didn't even realize how close to the time the scheduled interview was. And then I was driving down and coming down the toward my house, there's a hill, and then it turns on my house, to the road of my house, and it hit – five o'clock the time I was supposed to do my interview as I was turning on my road and I was like oh god <laughs> I'm driving down my road trying to download zoom on my phone so I can pull it up and then I did the interview in my in my car and kind of got the job right there oh there, there, there you go it seems like it was almost like meant to be in yeah. that regard yeah well I'm lucky I didn't miss the interview or I wouldn't even be sitting here right now so <laughs> well yeah and so when you say that you were doing a lot of work with a camera that was honestly older than you so, like, being from New Hampshire, was it always just strictly nature stuff and then, like, just doing some more, like, landscape things? Or were you ever, like, presented an opportunity to do some sports-related content before coming to URI? So, I, the the final project I did in that class my junior year was the first, like, sports-related thing I even tried, pretty much. And then, so the camera I used was a Nikon D70, which was... Uh, old <laughs> it had like six megapixels on the sensor so it's like if you zoom in it's you can like count the pixels and i took a lot of photos with that thing it shot like one photo every it shot like three photos a second and the one i have now shoots 15 photos a second so it's if you look on that it's different levels but that was the first thing i did with sports and then my senior year I, like, did an independent study. So, like, I created the class Digital Photography 2 so mm -hmm. I could do more sports stuff. And then I kind of slowly st do, start doing less of the 
the nature stuff and more of like I did some lacrosse photos. I did some. I actually I carried a camera into like a minor league baseball stadium because like as long as you don't have the bag, you can walk it in pretty much anywhere with a camera. It's pretty pretty bizarre that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that the bags are a no, but you can walk in with like this big lens and a big camera and be like, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna take photos of your product and then. But I did that, and then that summer was the first like actual opportunity I had with a team, and it was in the NECBL working for the Winnipesaukee Muskrats that don't exist anymore. The Winnipesaukee Muskrats. That's yeah, that's how name. that's how you know it's a, it's an NECBL team when you got a <coughs> name like that. Oh, you got the Ocean State Waves. You got the Danbury Westerners near yep. me. And then you have the Winnipesaukee Muskrats. What what a, what a name! What a name! And so then after your basically just miracle interview getting yeah. getting the gig joining up with the mar- marketing team here at URI Athletics so j- what were some of those like initial days like like starting to get more involved in the team like was it did you feel a little bit like out of depth there when you were first starting out or did you feel comfortable from the jump uh, it was definitely like an added depth thing because I wasn't very good you can scroll through my Instagram and you can like find the photos from my f- the first thing I ever did was Freshman year football against Stony Brook, and God, it's they're not good. I don't, I didn't, I just went through and like put them on my phone and sorted them, and then didn't edit them and just put them straight out of the camera onto Instagram. So like, I was just kind of like added depth there. There was, it was. I mean, there's only one other photographer there. Drew, Drew was there, and then, but I, I learned a lot from him. We can talk about Drew, him if you Drew, want. Drew Adamas, the hero photographer of at least my freshman year. I remember getting every photo I used for my first articles, starting with Anchor Sports Network here at URI when I was covering men's basketball. I think he provided me every single photo I used for my freshman year. So, Drew, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Big inspiration for both of us big here. Big, big it taught, help. Me, taught me a lot. Oh, I learned yeah. a lot. But, but that was actually going to be my next question was like, were there other people there in the marketing department that were there to sort of help you along the way in trying to make sure that you put out the best possible product. Yeah, so that first football game was stressful until I kind of like the second half when I was kind of like getting into the idea of like, oh, okay, it's not that much different than shooting a high school football game. It's just on a bigger scale. There's a lot of people here. But then, I mean, yeah, Drew just kind of helped me get in the rhythm of what game day looks like, how we go from there, and then working toward getting better and better and better and then eventually I learned how to edit photos and now we're upgrading <laughs> upgrading our skills. So how how often do you upgrade your equipment as you go through this process? Have you had the same equipment since freshman year or have you exper- experimented with different types of cameras, different uh different price points in a sense? So uh since my freshman year I've I've just used only Sony, only Sony gear except well I mean some of my lenses are third party but they're made for Sony cameras. But I've had the Sony A7 III since freshman year. I still use it. It's a tank. <laughs> that thing is like th- a three three hundred thousand shutter count on it right now. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Tell tell me about it. But that thing's a tank. And then I came in with two lenses. Other than that, and then I bought one within the first week or so of being here. So I could get the longer, the longer length out of it, and then I bought one more right before basketball season started. So I could, because the one of the little ones I had was just a little like kit lens. It came with the camera pretty mm-hmm. much. So it's this little crappy lens, 
and then I I upgraded that, and then I didn't make a considerable upgrade until like August of 2022, because then I bought a second camera body. Yeah. So I could just kind of dual wield, you know, I was out there. Yeah. I got my little harness on. Got, got, the, got the straps, I got, one camera I got on the, the harness, side. I got two cameras on, I got a camera on each side, I can like pick them up real quick and stuff. <laughs> I feel like a, like a James Bond villain or something, I don't know. But, and then from there, I've added, I added one more lens this summer, which has been awesome. It's my favorite lens. It's a little 85 millimeter, and it's only got one length, very, uh. Very sharp lens. Gets good photos. How expensive do those do those lenses get? I mean, I've done basic camera research and trying <laughs> to find one for myself. But, I mean, I, in talking to you and talking to other guys like, like Josh Piva and like and Michael Larkin, like other photographers in the department, I, I, lenses can be an absurd, an absurd amount of money. It's it, it, do, you, do you think, well, A, how expensive can they go? And, B, do you, do you believe that they're a worthy investment to make? Oh, okay, so I'll answer the second part first. Invest in glass is, like, the big saying. Like, you could have, like, one of the, like, $500 camera bodies, but you could buy, like, a $4,000 lens, and it's invest in glass. That's, that's basically you invest in lenses because the camera body only does so much. The lens, the type of glass, the quality of the glass really can make a photo. But in terms of how expensive they get, the most expensive one I have is... Fourteen hundred dollars. Fourteen hundred dollars for lens. Yeah, the most expensive one I I need to upgrade to is like twenty seven hundred dollars. That's crazy. And the most expensive one that if this career goes where I want it to, the most expensive one I'll ever own would be like ten grand. Wow. Yeah. Well, that actually that that now piques my interest. I mean, when you say where you hope this career goes, where you, where you hope it to go. <coughs> Where what what is sort of the end goal for you beyond this? I mean, obviously you're a junior right now. You're still gonna have another. You've got the rest of football. Then you got move into basketball, and then the spring and baseball. Then you got the next whole year after that. I mean, what do you what do you look to do beyond this? So, after school, it's hard to get internships in sports photography while you're still in school because most of them run for a season, and none of, every no. I mean, like even baseball starts in April. So it's hard to build an internship schedule around your class schedule. So I, the first thing out of college is probably looking for an internship with some kind of – like I'll, I will literally apply to every single internship in the country as soon as I graduate or as soon as the applications become available. And then from there it's just hoping you stick with one. You can get a year of experience in like a professional capacity under your belt and then you can go out and you can start looking for jobs at like director of photography like an SEC school or – Director or like some places are just hiring photographers now, are freelancing for a wire service like Associated Press, USA Today, Getty Images, and then hopefully working up and up from there. And then I think my end goal is to work for like a league rather than a team. So like working for NFL Focus, which is their photo, their photo department, or ESPN Images or uh, MLB Photos would be like top three, I guess. That would be that would be really cool. I mean. In this sort of in this sort of world, have you seen like Randy Johnson? He's now yeah, a photographer. Randy Johnson. Randy, Randy Johnson doesn't even do sports. Randy Johnson's uh, Randy Johnson has like an exhibit in a London museum full of like safari Africa photos. I didn't know that. That's actually yeah, really cool. So Randy Johnson started his photography in like the last couple years of his career. So and now he just goes 
to like Africa for a month and he'll go on like safaris with locals. He'll just take these crazy photos of animals. Like if you go, he has a website for his photos because he's like a commercial photographer now. If you go on his website and you scroll through them all, none of them are sports. He doesn't even have a sports portfolio. It's concerts, which he's got some crazy concert photos. Mm-hmm. Just his name. Oh God, if I hadn't, if I was a famous person, I could get into so much. But <laughs> Just like he's got some crazy concert photos of like guys like Chris Cornell, who rest in peace, no longer with us. But Chris Cornell, he's got the history there. He's got major festivals. And then he's got these crazy wildlife photos from Africa and other places like that. And so uh, for anybody listening that may not know who Randy Johnson is, Randy Johnson is a former MLB pitcher. He's won like five Cy Youngs, won the World Series with the Diamondbacks in 2001. This absolute monster of a human being. And he's, he's like, I don't know, he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, like an absolute, absolutely huge dude that once he retired, instead of coasting off into the sunset per se, he's now just going across the world uh, doing photography. I mean, the one instance that I remember seeing him was he was a photographer on the sidelines at some random like NFL game. It was like a Chiefs, <laughs> like it was like a Chiefs. It was like um, Chiefs Cardinals last year. Yeah, it was like Chiefs Cardinals. It was like week three or yeah, something. Yeah, and all of a sudden you just see Randy Johnson in the photographer's bib just hanging out in the sidelines. Like Larry Fitzgerald goes out to talk to him and everything because it's like he sticks out like a sore thumb. So to see Randy Johnson in in your arena doing sports photography. Just, just for himself is yeah. is pretty fascinating. But it, it's interesting to see that he's kind of moved into that whole other sphere of photography where he's kind of gone into nature and he's gone into other things. But um, I mean, just so it's it's fascinating to see how that sort of um, job sphere develops because it's something that will never go away because photography is something that everyone's intrigued in and like photos are the big one of the biggest forms of media in the world. But it's like there's. It seems like there's also like an, an endless array of ways to get into the industry, and it, to to an extent, there's so many different companies and so many different programs that may want photographers and stuff. Do you think that you would ever move into like a non-sporting sphere if the opportunity presented itself? I think if I did, it'd be concerts, 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 like festival. Being like a, I mean, I don't know about to- like a touring photographer because that's a lot. That th- you have to take on a lot to be a touring photographer, but like working festivals and stuff would be really cool. Like I've done some concerts at the Ryan Center, like uh, I a boogie last year, Don Tolliver last year, and then I don't even know who Death Cab for Cutie or the Postal Service were, but I did their concert. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that was that was fun though because that was the first one they've done here that had like a band huh. on stage with them, yeah. so you get the guitar photos and stuff too. Instead oh, that's of just, so cool. Instead of just a guy like hyping up a crowd. Yeah. But so concerts would pr- if I was to do anything other than sports professionally it'd probably be concerts concerts never no. never weddings no not no never wedding. weddings no, it's, it's super particular if it's, you're gonna be a wedding photographer yeah like i could you can make so much money doing weddings but it's just i don't think i i just wouldn't enjoy myself yeah so everyone, everyone here is listening to the listening for sports so let's let's pivot back yeah to we can the, go back to sports let's go back to the sports for a moment so you've you said we were talking beforehand but just to rattle off you work with you were football in the fall you then work with basketball in the winter and then baseball in the spring. And three, a three-season man. Yeah, and then also sprinkle in some soccer and some, yeah, I guess really just soccer. I did some track and field last year, too. So wherever, wherever the marketing department yeah, needs you? Yeah, wherever they need me, I just kind of show up and do my thing. So, I mean, what, like, what, are you, what would you say is probably your favorite team to work with in terms of, like, maybe it's personalities on the team or if it's, like, the way that they, way that they run, like, 
shoots or just the, the, the game itself, like covering that? Like, what would you say is your favorite team at URI that you like to work with? So in terms of working with the guys on the team, the baseball team's always been the best to me. And I think it comes from the idea that not a lot of people like baseball. So nobody wants to go take pictures at their games, but I love baseball. So I went to like every game my freshman year. So all the guys that were on the team then know me. So it's all like the juniors on the team now know me. They'll talk to me. And then it's like I'm like in their dugout during the game. So it's just the access of baseball. I can pretty, they kind of just like let me do what I want. And as long as I stay out of their way, there's no problem. And then the guys on the team are just really cool. They let me get up in their face and stuff and all that. And then, this year it's kind of become the same way with football, though, because I've spent more time this year on football than I have in the past. I've gone on more trips with them this year. So now it's like their coaches, football's coaches, as long as you are not in their way, do not care really where I go as long as I'm not a distraction to the team, the game, or them. So I get all access with them, and I can kind of like tell a story with them too. So that's really cool. So it's probably football and baseball are the two favorites and the easiest to deal with. Is it difficult to work with a team like basketball when in the past couple of years there's been so much roster change and like you have to learn to like learn the new guys, like learn what they're comfortable with and so on? Oh, for sure. Like it's definitely harder to build a relationship and like be able to gain access with them because there's so much coaching turnover and roster turnover. Like they have two guys, three guys returning from their entire roster last year. And even then, those three guys probably didn't know who I was because, like, they run a really tight ship over there. So it's it's hard to, like, be creative with them because it's just so much change, so much, like, organization that their coaching staff has put together in terms of, like... And then they got Josh, who... Were, jo- love Josh. Not going to say anything bad about Josh because I can't. <laughs> Josh... Josh is their specific, like they hired Josh specifically to work with them. So I'm just kind of there getting the marketing shots and Josh is doing all the content for the men's basketball team pretty much. So they all know Josh. And then I just kind of, I give them the photos that Josh doesn't. So then it's like, I mean, it's just been easier to create a relationship with the other teams when, because basketball already has their guy that's with them all summer. Yeah, like you're the, the you're yeah. the main guy. I'm for the main a team guy like for football the, and baseball. Yeah, yeah. like so they they look to you for that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then Josh is the main guy for basketball, and yeah. I'm like their I'm like their backup. You know, hmm. have you like have you ever moved into like sort of videography stuff like that, like how Josh does? Or are you strictly just like <laughs> photography only? Um, really photography only the other day actually we were filming a video for the football team and i was the secondary video guy for like the first time ever so that was crazy i had a little gimbal i was walking around campus following a guy in full uniform so that was pretty funny walking around outside the memorial union with a football player in his full uniform yeah that's that's definitely probably caught a couple oh the looks the looks we got were so funny it's uh, but uh yeah we filmed the video the other day i tried some video I've done a few video like I I'll do I like take clips every once in a while. I don't edit videos. I can't. Premiere Pro makes me so angry <laughs> all the time. Like I've tried. I I've had to try for some classes and the other day it made me really mad, but it's just hard to use. 
I think the only Adobe program that I use on like a consistent basis is Audition. When I when I edit these clips, when I put them up on Spotify, mm-hmm. and so but I but I feel your pain. Adobe Premiere is a very daunting program that I just do not use. It's ever. so confusing all the time. I Adobe though, Adobe is a lifesaver in the same as, uh, way though because Adobe true. Adobe Lightroom is the best program I've ever used. It's so easy. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen you ed- I've seen you editing in in every building possible on this campus trying to get your photos out to all the athletes yeah i think i think if you tally up the buildings on this campus if you go through i think maybe 75 percent of them i've sat somewhere with adobe lightroom open on my laptop (laughs) whether it's in class or waiting for a class to start so outside of the relationship aspects in terms of working with teams the game itself which sport do you enjoy photographing the most because obviously football basketball and baseball they're all completely different they have their own quirks that make them unique and make them interesting what would you say is your favorite sport to photograph so it's a really it's hard to define a favorite because in different sports there's different aspects of what's fun to do so like football is probably my favorite in terms of capturing the action because it's such a fast-paced game there's so many moving pieces on the field 22 people out there running around People are getting your way. So when you nail that shot, it's the most satisfying thing in the world because there's so much going on. In terms of creativity, baseball is my favorite because it's nine innings, three hours of, of a sport where it's like you get a little break in between each pitch and then you can like try different exposures, different composition, different like focusing techniques. So you try to catch the ball and focus on its way to the plate and get the pitcher in the background out of focus. Stuff like that. And then in terms of like most interesting short uh, sport I've ever shot was uh, I growing up in New Hampshire, there's a bunch of ski mountains and stuff. And one of my high school teachers used to be a writer for Red Bull. So he runs like this little competition on the ski mountain right near my house every year for snowboarders. It's called like the Tyler Davis Hip Jam. And they set up this big like hip where they can all do crazy tricks off of it. So I just send him, like, a text or DM on Instagram and be like, hey, you mind if I come out and take pictures of this thing? And snowboarding is one of the craziest sports to ever, I've ever shot. Like, some of the things these guys are doing and then the angles you can get from, like, underneath the jump and everything, it is, it's really cool. So, like, in different – basketball is my least favorite sport to shoot, though. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just – I'm not a big basketball fan. So just – and then the baseline's always uncomfortable and – you're really sort of uh, closed you're, off. You're really of your, limited in basketball. Yeah, exactly. You can't really move around too much. It's either you go up in the stands and shoot down or you shoot on the baseline under the basket. And then it's hard to get really creative in basketball. You kind of have to get lucky with the composition of how players are running across to get something super interesting. And, like, I've seen some of your work re- most recently with football. And, I mean, like, you talk about, like, like that Darius Savage one-handed catch mm-hmm. from a, from, like, a week or two ago. When you get, like moments like that and you have like you know you got like an insane photo what's that sort of feeling like when you go back home like after the game's over and you're going through all your photos and you're like whoa all right this photo's sick so sometimes you notice it right away and you're like wow nailed that because then your first my first thought is at least i don't really appreciate the images until later when i'm going through them but in the moment it's like okay now where is we'll say Meg Ellis because she's the one I have to get the photo to so she can post it right away so they have the they can like be like oh check out this catch or like oh first quarter score so they they have a sick photo to use so it's my first thought is where is she 
how can I get this photo to her very quickly? And then I move on to pretty much the next play. And then I get home and I'm like sorting through all my photos and I'll come across this photo. I'm like, I don't even remember taking this, but this is sick. So it's just like, cause I take a lot of photos per game. If you go uh, this season, I've been carrying three camera, three different cameras for the whole game. So you tally up all the photos from each camera. It usually ends up being like 5,500 photos that I end up going through and that I end up keeping around, which Still, keep the amount I keep is probably too much. I have to learn to like cut back a little, but it ends up being I keep like 700 of the photos, yeah, and send them out. The players get access to them in their own way, and then but it's in terms of the reaction to like being like, Oh, I nailed this photo. Sometimes I'll take a second in the game and I'll be like, Wow, look at that! But usually it's right away, it's like, Who do I give this to? Right away, scoring plays mostly. But it's then kind of jumping off of the same vein. I mean. You've, you've done this for a couple years now. Do you have, like, a favorite moment that you look back on through photos that you, like, through photos that you've taken that you're like, wow, this is the coolest thing I think I've ever photographed? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the Governor's Cup last year, where they demolished Brown under the lights, was probably, it's probably one of the coolest sequences to go through at least the trophy ceremony because it, their whole celebration just lasts longer when it's a home game yeah cuz they go over they do the fight song in front of the band and then they're like pumping up the trophy and everything and then and it's i get i i relive that specific ceremony a little bit more than other post games because i had one of my photos from that i entered i entered into the world sports photography awards and it was uh, shortlisted on the finalists. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so it was me and, like, I want to say there was 20 other photos shortlisted, and it's just a bunch of other, like, pro, like, this NFL is wor- photos. This is worldwide, too. Yeah, it's open to worldwide. I don't know how many entries they actually get, but they have, I don't know. It's But all I know is that I'm one of, like, 20 football photos chosen and the finalists for this la- last year's w- awards. And it was one of them holding up the trophy after the governor gave it to him. So I lived through that game a little bit more than others and then yeah that's probably the one that's the coolest to look back on i was i was there for that game and then looking at their celebrations was pretty cool because that was just like they they've dominated in the governor's cup but for some reason last year the vibe after the game felt different because it felt like all right a lot of the hard work over the past couple of years like really trying to build the program was starting to truly mean something when they took home that uh, big piece of silverware and i mean even this year too they went up to brown and then did the same thing they were able to get a really gritty win over brown and i saw a lot of the photos i saw a number of your photos and it was really fa- fascinating to see the celebration there too and now obviously in a different setting doing it at brown brown probably didn't feel as good about losing that one at <laughs> that home. one was close that was that was that game was oh that was stressful because for a little bit you're like hey i'm here specifically because of that trophy to get that photo and then they're losing or not losing i forget how it went but it was in the fourth quarter it's a close game you're like we might not get the chance to take that photo this year and then it's really stressful watching them like drive downfield and then saeed gibbs is just a stud with the two picks and then sealing the game and that was electric the sideline celebrations there were nuts so it's just like telling a story is what i'm out there trying to do Telling, telling, telling a story, and it's really, it's really fascinating. Just the stories that you do tell 
frame by frame. You look at the different pictures, some of them may not seem like they're related, but you put like your you put your roulette of game photos out there, whether it's just each individual photo is just an insane catch from a different angle, but it's all a really neat story. And I feel like you really can you really convey that really well that's obviously why football keeps you around that's why they let you let you travel with them that's kind of what i was going to ask you next i mean when you're traveling with teams like football and what what's from uh you're obviously not a member of the team you're not on the coaching staff you're kind of just like along there for the ride in a way but you're documenting their travel you're documenting their journey their actions and so on what's that experience like traveling to a hostile environment like that, another another school, and then whether they win or not, just as someone who's, it's not in your prerogative to where like if they win or lose, it doesn't really matter to you per se. What's that experience like for you? So the biggest example of being like, oh, you're not really part of the team, but at the same time you are, is last year when they went to Pitt was crazy because it didn't matter if you were on the team or not. When I walked by the student section, they were talking. They were talking. Really? Like, yeah. They were like, hey, you got the wrong shirt on because I'm sitting there with my URI polo on, taking pictures of the URI guys. And they're like saying like, oh, you got the wrong shirt on. You're, on the, you're in the wrong state. This ain't your home. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Uh, there hasn't been much of that this year because no place they've gone has had a good crowd because it's been bad weather. Every single time you have, you have every time we have class, we have class at 9 a.m. every mm-hmm, Monday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Friday. I'm checking the weather. Every single day I walk into class, the first thing you usually mention is we have bad weather for this weekend's football game. Yeah, it's been three weekends in a row now. It started with what was it? It was, it started with Villanova, and then that's oh, four weekends in a row now because it went. Villanova, and then the weather wasn't great for Bryant. I don't think it was. It was clear, then it was misting, then it rained, and then it kind of stopped. It yeah. was like during the game, it rained a little bit. And then at Brown, Brown was the worst. Brown, I almost broke a camera because of the because wa- really? of the weather. Yeah, it was bad. And then this weekend, fingers crossed. Right now, the rain's not coming until like seven p.m. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I've been seeing. But. So. I don't trust it. I don't trust this state to hold up. Yeah, it's Rhode Island weather. Yeah. You can't you can't ever trust it. And it's funny, every week every coming out of every weekend, I'm always expecting either like you, Michael, Josh, even Evan to say to me, Up, oh, lost a camera or a lens is broken or something's waterlogged and I mean I remember even Josh talking about how he bought like a rain jacket for yeah, his Yeah, He has a little rain jacket thing. It's crazy. How, how how close have you gotten to really like losing a camera due to the weather? I mean, you said the Brown game, you almost so lost the camera. What does that entail? The Brown game, the whole second half was just kind of, it wasn't constant rain, but when it did start coming down, it came down kind of hard. So then one of the three cameras I had, by the time the trophy ceremony came around, it was like the LCD screen was starting to bug out a little and then it was starting to show like lines across and then it would cut in and out and it was like, Oh no. Oh no. The first thing I did when I got back that night, I laid a towel on the table, put a fan up and laid everything in my bag out on it. I was like this real, I really can't have anything broken here. Yeah. Cause admittedly I haven't found a good insurance policy yet for my gear. So I'm just kind of running it out there in the rain and just really praying that nothing breaks. Yeah, that seems that seems like something that you'd you'd probably have to look into. Being like, all right, we've got a 
we got to get at least make sure that this equipment stays going because this equivalents your livelihood to an to an extent. Yeah, especially because everything I use except for one of the three camera bodies, I borrow one of those from our office, but everything else is mine. Like I own it, so I really can't break anything because then I have to buy myself a new one, and that's not cheap. Yeah, no, not. I mean, we even talked about the lenses being. $1,400. I mean, the camera bodies themselves can be in the thousands of dollars as well. So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's incredible. I wouldn't, I would be terrified of bringing a camera out in the pouring rain like that. I would probably have brought myself my own, like, you know, the umbrellas you can like yeah, have like a harness on and have an <laughs> yeah. umbrella over, over your head the entire time. That's what I would do. But even at the, even at the same time, you'd have the water dripping in front of the lens the whole yeah. time, and like it just it just would not work out. That's, I mean, I've tried like taping trash bags up to stuff, and then I just find they just end up getting in my way somehow, and then I eventually just rip them off anyway. But luckily, Sony builds some tanks of cameras, I guess, because these things have held up. And so, as we're starting to approach the the end of our session, there was one thing I de- I definitely wanted to talk to you about was the UNH game last year. <laughs> Yeah. From your particular expertise, obviously you got an opinion on this because you or I lost the game on a basically ghost touchdown against mm-hmm, UNH. Mm-hmm. UNH scored a touchdown. The camera angle that all the photographers had gotten showed that it was not a catch, mm-hmm. but it wasn't reviewable because the replay review system on that part of the end zone was damaged. And was, was that actually what it was? That was what it was. No I remember way. that was I, I spoke about it with Kasim and they said that the replay review system on that part of the field was damaged, so was unable to be used. And that's why all the calls on the field stood. But as a photographer in that part of the field, when that moment kind of when that moment occurred, did were you one of the photographers that got the photo? I was of the, of that, that one that one photo that if anybody listening had seen that on like one of those like FCS all access Instagram pages, the one photo that circulated was the one I took. Oh really? Yeah. So the one that kind of like circulated of it all, like if you're looking at the carousel, they'd show the clip of what happened and then they show a photo and that photo was mine. I, I, I specifically made sure that that photo stayed in the keepers I put out and it ended up with all the players so they could access it and stuff. And then that wasn't, it wasn't a catch. It's like if you look, if you think about like, remember Jesse James? Yes. Got to survive the ground. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Like they almost called like, they almost called the touchdown back last night in the Chiefs Broncos game, the one Cortland Sutton crazy catch. Yeah. They called it originally. He didn't survive the ground. It's the same kind of thing. He didn't survive. The guy didn't survive the ground, and then it's just a complete miscall. call. How badly did you want to go up to one of the officials like Patrick Beverly I, last year in the playoffs <laughs> and show him the footage? Um. So as as it happened. I showed which player was it? I want to say no, because he was on the field. It was I want to say it was like Dylan Shank, one of their kickers. I was standing next to him and I pulled the camera up and I was like, "This is not a touchdown." And then he was like, "You gotta show somebody." I was like, "What am I gonna do? What are they gonna do? Look at my? They can't like revert my photo is an official replay review. They can't do anything with it." Yeah, but like it was really frustrating. Because that loss effectively knocked them out of the playoffs, too. It was, it's, it's something that they still definitely hold pretty close. When I spoke to Kasim, Kasim was very adamant that that game is circled on his calendar. He still remembers everybody involved in that final play. I remember seeing it was June 
when they released their, I think it was June when they released their full schedule. I had, there were players posting on their Instagram stories, those little countdown clocks. And it was like, uh, get back day or something. And it was the UNH game. And it was like four months and how many days, how many hours until kickoff on that game. And like, they're ready for that game. They want that game. They got all have it. Every single player that was on that team last year has it circled. That's, that is going to be an exhilarating contest. And hopefully it's not raining. Hopefully it doesn't rain for that. It probably will be. Well, Connor, we are approaching the end of our time here today. So I just wanted to say thank you for coming on, joining me today. It was very interesting to hear your perspective on how a lot of these sports work and just your view of how everything unfolds from the sidelines, from behind the lens. And obviously everybody at URI is very appreciative of the photos that you put out, especially the journalists, because... I, for one, use your photos all the time for, for my articles, and I really, I really do appreciate the work that you do. Oh, thank you. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and I will be back next week with a new guest, possibly. I'm going to see about getting a guest put in. I'm going to be in Miami covering a golf tournament next weekend. going to be leaving here on Friday, so if, you don't have a new, if we don't have a new guest for next week, we'll probably have a recycled show, but regularly scheduled programming will be back, I believe, on friday the 27th so keep that keep that date circled everybody and i will see you all in the next one